listening to The Venue Podcast. The Venue is a worship gathering at Southcrest Baptist Church. We hope that this podcast helps you find your greatest pleasure and purpose in Jesus. Amen. You'll go ahead and grab a seat, church family. So glad y'all are in here. And if uh, you came in a little late, want to reiterate, happy Father's Day, special day. And I hope that you dads feel encouraged and honored today. Um, hey, if you have your Bible, go ahead and turn to 1 John chapter 5. Believe it or not, this is our final day in 1 John. going to be in the, the end of chapter 5, starting in verse 18. And then next week, we'll start our series in Proverbs. But looking forward to, to finishing up today and, and what God has in store for us. Again, 1 John uh, chapter 5, verse 18 is where we're going to begin. Uh, last night, my wife and I ha- were part of a uh, wedding rehearsal. We got a wedding tonight that we're doing, excited about. And as we're hanging out at the rehearsal dinner, I got to hang out with some old friends we hadn't seen, and uh, some of them a couple of years. And just good to catch up and see how things are going. And um, it was just kind of sweet memories, right? In the conversation brought back some good memories. And it made me think of one of my uh, favorite quotes from a show. And it's the, I think it's the very last episode, but one of the guys, Andy, he says, you know, I wish there was a way to know you're in the good old days before you've actually left them. And then he stares at the camera, gets teary-eyed, and he says, someone should write a song about that. (laughs) But I love that quote. Wish there was a way to know you're in the good old days before you've actually left them. Does that resonate with you? Man, so often we we don't realize what a great moment it is, what a great season it is until later. Um, I think we, we tend to look at the past with rose-colored glasses um, and think like, man, that was better then. Or then we, we look at the future and wish we could like, get to a certain situation or circumstance in our life. And we miss out on how great this season is right where we're at. And I think we actually do that as, as Christians too. I kind of want to lean in specifically, this message is for everybody, but to lean in to, to believers, those who know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. And that is, I think even as believers, we can tend to look back and think, man, like when I first got saved, that was a sweet time. Or man, like for some of you, man, when I was in college and, and was walking with Jesus, that was a great time. But now raising kids has got me all in a funk, right? Like, so you look back in the past or you look towards the future and think, if I could just figure things out. If I could get my, my Christian dials turned just right, of like the perfect Bible study, hear the, the, the perfect sermon, then my, my life with Jesus would feel like I'm thriving. It would be better. And I want you to know, if you know Jesus, because of who he is, right now, today, June 19th, 2022, God wants you to flourish and thrive in your relationship with him. Not just to like look longingly on the past or in the future, but to, to know right now that, man, it is an incredible thing to have a relationship with Jesus Christ. I think often the reason that we, we struggle with that is we just forget some basic things. Again, we, we tend to think, if I could learn some more, figure this out. And the reality is we're going to see t- today with what John does is that so much of what makes an impact on your life and whether or not you are flourishing in your relationship with Jesus is if you're remembering just some basic truths, just some some simple but life-changing truths about what it is to have a relationship with Jesus. And so what 
what John's going to do in this closing section is he kind of reminds us of, of some things that are just, one, fundamental about the Christian faith, but also of some things that he's been talking about in this entire letter. So what are those things that we, we can cling to that help us remember that these are the good old days even right now, today? Let's read the text. We're going to read all of it, and then we'll come back to verse 18. <clears throat> he says, we know, and by the way, before I get rolling too far, you're going to see, I think it helps outline the text, and it'll even give you a clue where I'm going in my sermon, because uh, we're just trying to follow the text, what we do here. So 18, he says, we know, and then he says some things. And in verse 19, there's a second, we know, and then in verse 20, there's a third, we know. And that's, that's going to be the flow of, that we follow for the outline for today. So with that said, verse 18, we know that everyone who has been born of God does not sin, but the one who is born of God keeps him and the evil one does not touch him. We know that we are of God and the whole world is under the sway of the evil one. And we know that the son of God has come and has given us understandings that we may know the true one. We are in the true one. That is in his son, Jesus Christ. He is the true God and eternal life. Little children, guard yourselves from idols. So again, just for context, let's jump back up to 18. I want to read that one more time. We know that everyone who has been born of God does not sin, but the one who is born of God keeps him and the evil one does not touch him. First truth, first thing we know that we need to remember is this. Remember, sin can't hold you when Jesus does. That's our first point for today. Remember, sin can't hold you when Jesus does. Let's kind of um, unpack this. So first of all, again, he says, we know. So by the way, this is, there's some things in the Christian faith that are open-handed, like for discussion. And there's other things that are close-handed. Like it's not up for debate. It's not like, well, what does your denomination believe? It's like, no, biblically, we can't argue this truth. And so John said, this is a closed-handed issue. We know that everyone who's been born of God does not sin. Let's unpack that. So first of all, we know that everyone who's been born of God, so born of God, meaning those who have a personal relationship with Jesus because they've been saved by grace through faith. So not everyone who goes to church, not everyone who tries to be a good person, no, everyone who has been born of God, who has repented from their sins, turned to Jesus, have been They've experienced his grace and mercy and his forgiveness and his hope and his love. That person, every one of those people has been born of God. So I put a little parentheses around everyone in my Bible. Everyone. He's not just talking about what we might call the super spiritual Christians, like the people who have really got it figured out. No, every single believer, everyone who's been born of God, he says, does not sin. What does that mean? Well, if, you're, if you read the Bible often and know context, you know he's not saying, be clear, he's not saying that every Christian never sins. Like, hopefully you'd be disturbed if I came up here and was preaching. I was like, yeah, I got saved July 11th, 1997. And guys, since then, I've never sinned. Like, my wife would come up here and slap me, right? Like, not, not buying that. No, we... So beyond just human experience, how do we know he's not saying you never sin if you're a Christian? Well, even in the context of, of 
1 John. In chapter 1, verse 9, he says, if we confess, he's talking about believers, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. So, man, as believers, we're still going to struggle, we're still going to sin. But it's not going to be the habit, the trajectory, the defining characteristic of our lives. So you want to nerd out with me? With me sorry, nerd out with me for a second. In the, in the Greek, it's does not sin, is present active. So the believer is not going to presently, actively, always, never stop walking in sin. No, as a believer, you don't find your greatest pleasure and purpose in sin. You find your greatest pleasure and purpose in Jesus, right? So he says, we know everyone who's been born of God does not sin, meaning they don't keep on sinning. That's not what they're choosing to do. But the one who is born of God keeps him. And the evil one does not touch him. So two things to kind of clarify there. We know who the evil one is. It's talking about Satan. When he says the evil one does not touch him, he's saying Satan may tempt us. He may entice us. He may lead us into sin for a bit. But Satan cannot permanently drag us out of the light and into the dark so that sin holds us captive forever. No, why? Because the one who is born of God keeps him. Who he's referring to there is Jesus. So it's really cool what, what the Holy Spirit through John is doing here. So everyone who's been born of God, talking about believers, they're kept by the one who is born of God. So if you're a believer, you've been saved by grace through faith, Jesus, the only begotten Son of God, keeps you. He protects you. He holds on to you so that sin cannot put a stranglehold on you. Part of the way we know he's talking about Jesus, if or we have a good argument for it, is if you go back to the gospel of John uh, and look at John 17 and Jesus' prayer there, he, he speaks of having kept his own, the ones that God gave him, the disciples. He kept them. He protected them. And I think John's continuing that theme here that Jesus is the one who keeps us, who protects us. Sin cannot lay a stranglehold on you if Jesus has already got you. I want to remind you of a, of a quote that we used earlier in 1 John when we first talked about this idea of the believer not just continually going into sin over and over again, that being the love of their life. Uh, and quote Holly Beatonbow, and she said that everybody walks through the mud sometimes. It's another thing to lay down and waller in it. So my last service corrected me and said, it's wallow. I said, get out of here. Don't talk to me. I'm going to say waller, right? <laughs> wallow sounds too formal. Everybody walks through the mud sometimes. Every Christian, you're going you're gonna to sin sometimes. But the heart of the believer is not to lay down and waller in sin. The heart of the believer is to walk with Jesus. And I would say further, like, the reason you don't lay down and waller in it is because if you're a believer, Jesus keeps you. He's got you by the hand. And so, one, he's not gonna, while it's not your heart to stay in sin, in addition to that, Jesus is not gonna leave you there in this sin. He's got better things for you. So you may trip and fall and stumble in the mud and the sin sometimes, but because he's got you by the hand, he's not gonna leave you there. Amen, right? He, he carries you on. So I don't think John's just saying, now remember that, guys. That's a good truth to remember. No, remember that and take hope that Jesus has given you victory over sin. You don't have to stay stuck in the habits 
and sorrow of sin. Trust that Jesus will lead you through it. Maybe right now you're in a season where you feel like, man, sin is just beating you up and you keep struggling with it. Know that Jesus will not let you stay there. Praise God for that. And there's hope for you being victorious over sin because of Jesus Christ. Sin cannot hold you when Jesus does. It's one thing we know. It's true. Changes the game right now. Changes your life right now. Jesus is giving you victory. He keeps you. What else do we know? Verse 19. We know that we are of God and the whole world is under the sway of the evil one. Here's our second point. It's this. Remember, John's saying, remember, it's good to be a child of the king. It is good to be a child of the king. He says, we know, so again, this is objective truth. It's a close-handed issue that we are of God. Let's unpack what's going here. What's going on here. So first of all, he's kind of tying back. I drew a little arrow back up into verse 18 in my Bible. You can do it too if it's helpful for you. But he's connecting. So we're born of God because we're by grace through faith, born of God, we are now of God. So he's saying we have a relationship with God. We've been transferred from the kingdom of darkness and into the kingdom of light. We've been transferred from followers, ultimately, Scripture says, of Satan under his influence, and now we are followers of Jesus under the influence of the King of kings and the Lord of lords. We are of God. Man, what is so good about being of God? If you've been saved by grace through faith, that means you have a relationship with the king of the universe. That's pretty cool. I don't, I don't recommend literally doing this, but like if there was something that should be on the top of your resume, that would be it, right? Like I have a conversation daily with the God of the universe. It's pretty impressive, right? It's pretty cool. We know God. If, if you are of God, it means that you know the forgiveness of God. It means that you know the grace of God of God. It is good to be a child of the King. Think about like to walk in grace. So first of all, grace is God giving you what you don't deserve, which is a man, it's kindness. But because God is our father, he's the King and he wants us to walk in grace. It means if you're a child of the King, he looks at you and rather than always being, Brandon, why can't you get it together? Why can't you do more? He looks at you and he's satisfied. He's not hungry, always wishing you could be better. He's satisfied. How do we know that? Because Jesus was the atoning sacrifice for our sins, the atoning sacrifice, the propitiation idea is that he is the satisfaction of God's wrath. So God looks at you through the blood of Jesus if you are of God, and he looks at you and he's satisfied. What a cool thing, regardless of how awesome or not awesome your dad may be or was, that the heavenly father you have looks at you through the blood of Jesus and said, this is my beloved son with whom I'm well pleased. This is my beloved daughter with whom I'm well pleased. It is good to be of God. It means that if you are of God, you get to walk in the fellowship in the community of believers. You're you're not left on your own to walk in an an island of isolation, just being a lone, lonely loner. (laughs) No, you you get to walk with other believers. 
means that you remain, as, first, as John showed us in First John, that you remain in God. So even on your worst day, when you don't have all the dials turned just right, you feel like, man, I'm not walking with God. Even then, if you are of God, you remain in Christ and he remains in you. If you are of God, it means that one day, praise the Lord, we will get to experience heaven. Will there be no more tears, no more sorrow, no more pain. I don't know about you, but I'm looking forward to that day. It is good to be of God. You know, often we forget how good we've, we've got it as children of the King. And he reminds us what the other option is. You're either of God or you're not. And of those who are not of God, they've not been saved by grace through faith. He says, the whole world, halfway through 19, and the whole world is under the sway of the evil one. Again, he's talking about Satan. So those who don't know Jesus, those who've not been saved by grace through faith, they are led astray, tormented, distracted, deceived by Satan. It says, if you don't know Christ, that's, that's your reality. But if you've been born of God, you are a child of the King and it's good to be a child of the King. Sometimes you don't know how good you've got it and you need to be reminded. Like for example, when it's been 105 degrees in Lubbock and you've been inside your air-conditioned house and you walk outside and you're like, praise the Lord, I got air-conditioned, I'm going back inside, right? You remember, oh man, this is like, like I feel like when, when it's springtime and it's you know, 70 or 75, like I'm not, not that aware of our air-conditioning, but when it's 105, whew, praise the Lord. I think John's giving us a little glimpse there, reminding us like, you're of God. Don't forget where he brought you from. You were in darkness, but now you're in light. You were hopelessly under the sway of the evil one, but now you walk in the mercy and grace and joy of Jesus Christ. So again, this is not just a remember that, guys. No, he's saying remember, rest in this. Rejoice that you are of God. There's so, so much joy in the fact that we are children of the king. But I think there's like another instant uh, motive of John here. And that is to remind us, so man, we are of God and it's a beautiful thing, but also we need to be reaching out to those who don't know Jesus Christ. Like how hopeless and how lost are those who are not of God? They're under the sway of the enemy. I think about the people in your family, the people that you work with who don't know Jesus Christ. It doesn't mean they're like, I'm not saying they're worshiping the devil and they're demon possessed. I'm not saying that at all. But if they don't know Jesus, whether they know it or not, they're being influenced by Satan. We have the good news, the hope that sets them free. Amen? And the truth, Jesus said, will set them free. St. John's he's reminding us this truth changes everything. It brings joy to the good old days, which are today but also, man, share the hope with other people. Share the gospel with other people. So, so far he's given us, man, two truths to remember. One, sin can't hold you if Jesus does. Number two, it's good to be a child of the king. And then as I already pointed out, he gives us one more in verse 20. It says, and we know that the son of God has come and has given us understandings so that we may know the true one. We are in the true one. That is, in his son, Jesus Christ, he is the true God and eternal life. Now, before I give you this third point, I want to unpack it just for a second. And we know, again, objective truth that we can cling to, that the son of God has 
come. Y'all, it's a fact Jesus came. He left heaven's throne, came to this earth to live the perfect life for you and I and die the death that we deserve. He has come, amen? It's a settled truth. We can know it's a reality that we can walk in. And he didn't just come to this earth and go, hey guys, no. He came with a message, right? Since he's given us understanding, so the, the capacity, the ability to understand the gospel so that we may know the true one. So apart from Christ, we're helplessly walking in the dark and trying to earn our way to heaven. The reality is he came down to bring the righteousness of God to put on us. So meaning he lived a perfect life so we could be in a right relationship with God when we trust in him. He came and give us understand, gave us understanding so we may know. So his purpose in coming was that we would know the true one. And then he says, we are in the true one. So it's not just that we know God. He's he's escalating the intensity that we are in relationship, that we are in God. So it's one thing to say, I I know that person. No, he said, the most intimate relationship possible. You are in God. He knows you and you know him. The true one that is in his son, Jesus Christ. Christ. He is the true God and eternal life. I want you to notice three times. So I'm going to start reading in verse 20 again. He says, we know that the son of God has come and has given us understanding so we may know the true one. We are in the true one that is in the son, Jesus Christ. He is the true God and eternal life. Three times he says the true one, the true God. Interesting, this is not what would be true. This is not true versus false. And maybe a more literal understanding of this in the text is this is true as in what is real, what has substance versus what is fake, what is not real, what is false. Does that make sense? So we're not just talking about an an idea being accurate. No, this is true reality versus what is false, what is a shadow. Does that make sense? It helps us understand the third point, what John is unpacking. Verse 20 is a little bit wordy, but I think you could sum it up this way. Third point, remember, there's nothing more real than Jesus. There's nothing more real than Jesus. So, so think about reality versus fake. Think about substance versus shadow. You could say it this way. John's saying there's nothing more stable to build your life on than Jesus. There's nothing more satisfying to find your life in than Jesus Christ. There's nothing more real than him. There's nothing bigger or better than Jesus. He's the best and he's real. You, you can you can know that he's true. This is why, and we sang a song about this earlier, this is why Jesus said in the Sermon on the Mount, which by the way, how cool would it have been to be there and hear Jesus preach a live sermon? I'm just saying, like on a mountain, by a lake, by the Sea of Galilee, be the coolest thing ever. But Jesus finished the Sermon on the Mount and he said, whoever hears these words and does them is like the man who built his house on the, help me out, The rock, it's stable, it's secure. He says, the wind came, the rain fell, but it stood. He says, the person who who ignores my words, 
So to ignore the greatest reality, Jesus Christ, which by the way would be to choose to ignore reality is to choose shadow, to choose falsehood. It says that person is like a, a person who built his house on the sand. The wind came, the rain fell, and great was the fall of that house. And not great as in like, that was great. Great as in terrible, as in, whoa, that was awful. You build your life on anything other than the stable, satisfying reality of Jesus, your life in the end will be destroyed. Jesus, nothing more real, there's nothing better, there's nothing bigger than him. The only stable place to build your life on, the only satisfying place to find your life in. We know that. John says, remember, no, sin can't hold you if Jesus does. Man, take hope in that. Remember who you are. More importantly, remember who Jesus is. He's got you. We know it's good. Remember, it's good to be a child of the king. Right now, June 19th, 2022, it's a good thing to be a child of the king. You are blessed. And there's nothing more real than Jesus. Know that he is good. He is real. He is trustworthy. He's a solid rock. Remember. I am embracing those truths helps you not miss out on what God has for you today. Not getting 10 years down the road and going, man, God was doing some great things in my life. I was just oblivious. No, right now, God wants you to flourish in those truths. So what do you do with that? Like, what do you, besides just remember, what do you do? You know, I think verse 21, if you just read it quickly, could feel like John just decided to throw in a little, hey, oh, quick little reminder. Watch out for idols. Like, like it's just kind of this random verse. But the Holy Spirit who inspired this letter is always intentional. So think about what, what John's actually doing. We know sin can't hold you, can't hold us if Jesus does. We know it's good to be a child of the King. We know there's nothing more real than Jesus. So in light of who Jesus is, in light of who you are, little children, Again, John's 90-something, been exiled to the island of Patmos because he follows Jesus. When you're 90-something and persecuted for being a follower of Christ, you can call other Christians little children. And like, you get a free pass, okay? Little children, guard yourselves from idols. Because of who Jesus is, because there's nothing better than him, guard yourselves from idols. He's giving us the application Right there. That's what you do with this. Because there's nothing more satisfying, nothing more stable than Jesus. Cling to him, not to idols. What is an idol? It's something you put before God. Maybe to unpack that a little bit. It's something that you think about, pursue, or love more than Jesus. You're, instead of finding your greatest pleasure and purpose in Jesus, you're saying this other thing, this other relationship, this other situation, this other season, this other house, whatever it may be, this will be more satisfying than Jesus. And John's saying, guard yourself against that. Watch out. If there's a time and a place to be violent in your, Christ, in your Christian life, this is what it is. John's saying, you're gonna throw some bows, throw some fists, guard yourself against idols. 
Be on the lookout. Maybe you're sitting there like, well, typical, typical Bible thumper, typical Southern Baptist telling us to watch out for sin and we got to end on a negative note. No, John's inviting you to something better. He's not saying, now don't do that. No, he's saying Jesus is better. So don't miss out on an idol. Don't miss out on Jesus because you've settled for an idol. Like I think back to, to you don't have to turn them, but 1 John chapter one, right out the gate, verse four of the whole book, he says, we are writing these things so that our joy may be complete. When John's saying, watch out for idols, keep Jesus central to your life, don't turn to idols. He's, he's trying to help you have more joy in your life. This is not a joy killer. This is a joy enhancer. Man, he wants you to know the joy and the hope and the life and the flourishing that comes from keeping Jesus first in your life. There's nothing bigger or better than him. There's nothing more real than him. So cling to Jesus. Build your life on him. Bind yourself to him. Believe that he is the best and don't miss out. It makes me think of C.S. Lewis quote. He says, we are simple creatures satisfied with making mud pies in the slum and don't realize the joy, the offer of a holiday at the sea. To put that in West Texas terms, because we're foolish creatures, we, we tend to be content with playing in a dried up, muddy playa lake when Jesus offers us a week at the beach in Cancun. If you don't like Cancun, pick another beach. <laughs> you get the picture. And don't settle. And Jesus is giving you life and life abundant. Don't pick up the things of this world. Let them burden you down when Jesus says, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Nothing more satisfying or stable than Jesus. So, I'm gonna ask our worship team to, to come on up and we're gonna have a little just chance to respond. And a couple of things, for, especially for believers, I want you to consider. One of those would be, is there one of those truths that we walk through, the three, that you need to embrace and lean into today? Like, and be in, rem, choose to remember, be reminded of. Which one of those have you maybe kind of been ignoring or not like been living in the full light of, meaning it's, you've not let it impact your life. Second thing for believers, I would say, is there an idol that you've been letting just kind of hang out in your life? I think about when the Israelites were fixing to go into the promised land, 40 years they've been walking around, supposed to be following God, and Joshua was like, hey guys, good opportunity here. It's been 40 years. We're going to the promised land tomorrow. Maybe it's time to get rid of some of those idols. Wait, idols? What, what are you talking about? It's like, no, really, time to get rid of the idols. Like today's the day. Don't miss out on what God has for you. Man, how many of us have, have missed out on the flourishing life that is ours in Jesus Christ because we've been filling up on the things of this world? And Jesus today as a believer is inviting you, hey, time to get rid of that idol. Trust that I'm more than enough for you. And then lastly, I would say, maybe you're here this morning and you don't know Jesus. We've been talking over and over again in 1 John, or John's been bringing up that we can know that we know Jesus. Maybe through this series, you realize, man, I'm a churchgoer, try to be 
religious, try to do the right thing, but I don't actually know Jesus Christ. Know that he stands arms open wide this morning, offering you forgiveness and hope and love and a relationship with him. If you will turn from your sin, repent and turn to Jesus and ask him to be the Lord of your life. And he will take those arms and embrace you and hold you and keep you, as the text says. I'm gonna give you a second, just a minute, to just right where you're at, just to pray, to maybe jot down some notes if you want to, some thoughts, responses to God. Maybe you're not believing, you wanna surrender to Christ right now. We'd love for you to do that. But after we give you a moment to do that, David's gonna ask us to stand and sing in a minute. And when we do that, if you would like, one, to tell someone that you are accepting Christ today or have a question about what it means to, to trust Jesus for salvation, there'll be folks back at the coffee center and back at the welcome center that would love to talk with you, love to pray with you, love to answer any questions. But I'll also say, if you're a believer and just could use some encouragement, could use some prayer, we'd love to do that as well. We'll be there for you. I'll give you a moment to talk with the Lord right now, and then we'll stand and sing. If you were encouraged by today's message, subscribe and rate us wherever you stream your podcasts. To learn more about the venue at Southcrest, visit us online at southcrest.org or on Facebook and Instagram by searching for Southcrest Baptist Church. 